gents, welcome to uh, our latest happy hour. And this is this is one I've been jacked up for for a long time. I always try to try to find an excuse to to bother Rob Johnson here. It's Rob. I'm I'm sorry if you've heard this before. I probably bring it up every time, but I can still remember being a kid in '98 and Dad pinning the Buffalo News up on the door. The Bills signed Rob Johnson, baby, and it was like <laughs> I think all of us that were like '90s kids. I mean, you in Western New York, anyways. I mean, you picked a lane, Rob, Doug, and we were very much on the the Rob Johnson train early, all the way to the end. And the more we talk, the more we get to know each other. I kind of, I kind of joke. I feel like George Costanza hanging out with Tony, man. I, I don't know if it's a man crush. You're just way too cool for me. You're just such a cool Tyler, guy. <laughs> you know, the funniest thing is, I got that guy as uh, Dan Cortez. Everyone tells me that's my doppelganger. Like we look exactly alike. That's so funny you mentioned that. I love Seinfeld and uh, Tony. His name is Tony. <laughs> Tony, yeah. I, I, if I had a hat, I would turn it backwards, exactly. and, and I'd make sandwiches for us before rock climbing. Yes, oh my God. so good, so good. I don't want you to fall though. Don't fall. I know. I know you're you're very active. Yeah. <laughs> but so whether good. it's that, it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, I'll tell everybody who will listen. You're just you're about as down to earth of a former NFL quarterback as as you'll find. As transparent, reflective. Um, I mean, you could hold so many grudges, you just don't, and you just, you love just kind of reliving the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, the ugly, and uh, I think everybody here that remembers that team in 99 knows that if that Music City miracle doesn't happen, we, we could be talking to a Super Bowl champ here, so sorry, sorry to bring that up, but, but we got to let the people oh, know, no. that that team could have won it all. That I, I totally agree, the, the, the mindset going into that week we, uh, was whoever came out of that. We were both the hottest teams and had the best defenses. So um, we everyone felt whoever won that game was going to the Super Bowl. And obviously Tennessee ended up going. And Buffalo just at that time, man, it was just – they everyone talked about that jinx. Like it was with the no goal and with the Sabres as well and against Dallas, um, you know, the four Super Bowls. It just – I, I kind of went uh, went along with uh, how it was going in Buffalo, but um, yeah, I know. I wish I really wanted to win a Super Bowl for uh, Mr. Wilson and Mr. Butler. They're they're the best, and and for the people of that area, I mean, they they deserve that, obviously. Um, but for personal, more personal reasons, those two men were were very uh, very good men. Man, because I mean, you you went through so many. You know, health issues too we can get into as well but it's not like ralph kind of went out of his way to help you off the oh, field ralph too right yeah. yeah he's just like a i mean you don't like i played for snyder and i can see why he's going through the troubles he is right now um and why their organization wasn't great and then you look it, it starts at the top in every organization i mean it, it sounds cliche but it's the truth it's top down Ralph was amazing. That's why Buffalo was so good for so long. And Butler was great. It just, AJ Smith, all of it, it was just, it was, it was, uh, even though like the period of, of that time was back and forth with me and Doug and it wasn't, um, you know, the best situation for like a young quarterback to be developed. It was awesome. The people there, Russ Brandon, who I know, unfortunately has, is not there anymore. He was amazing um the teammates were amazing it was just it was great I mean it was I'm a Southern California kid 
in Buffalo and I loved it. So it was awesome. All right. But before we kind of relive that all with, with Doug, what, so how, how did you know early on that Dan Snyder just wasn't going to work out? What were those early red <laughs> flags that you're referencing? Okay. You want to hear the big, okay. So um, I'm sure we've all had a friend like this. If there are black guys around, he'd try to act black. Like he tried, like he's just this little, like, I love all types of people. He's a little dorky nerd, right? Just own it. Be like that. And, and it's cool. Then you're cool. But like, he tried to be someone he wasn't. Um, and he had yeah. the veterans sit up in first class and the coaches would actually sit back with the rest of the team and he'd have the veterans up in first class. And I hated it because I was a vet. I wanted to be back with the guys and he would hang out, hang out up there. And he'd try to tell everyone like, Oh yeah, this watch costs $200,000. And like, and you know, like, it's just, I don't know. It's just a lot of show, you know, he would fly his helicopter into practice he'd wait for practice to start a little bit and then he would land like you you couldn't come oh like a half an hour before everyone was out there like it's just everything was look at me um he really because we had just won a super bowl in tampa and i signed up there with biggest mistake ever um but uh he really was like one to pick my brain about that so whenever i got around him he was always talking about that which was smart but like i don't know <laughs> just different he- People had to know the price of that watch, and they they had to see yes, that right. that arrival in in, in the dude, personal. Dude, you own a team. Like, of course you you could have an expensive watch. Like, who cares? Like, like no one cares. It just kind of goes back to just be yourself, be authentic. Exactly. Like, people, people can read through the bullshit, can't they? You know, oh, God. yes, hundred percent. Rob, Rob, and Ty, I, I don't mean to interject, but it's oh, a small group here. But I, I lived in the D.C. area. I actually lived in Ashburn. Um, not when you were there, Rob, but I heard a story secondhand, like, um, you're talking about, you know, with the people he's, he was with like Ben Affleck or something. And he was trying to be like, he was this big movie producer yeah. and, <laughs> and Ben Affleck finally said, just get away from me or something like this is secondhand. But like Ben Affleck was like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> and the, yeah. It, I, I've heard and the Mr. Snyder and the, you know. Uh, and with all the woke times right now, so let me explain myself by acting like, um, like he his perception of what black guys wanted you to like, you know, trying to, because I don't know slang or like he tried to be down, <laughs> like just be your right, dude, you're right. a, a middle aged white dude, just be that, you know, it's not, you don't have to pretend you're cool or someone you're not. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> yeah, I can see that happening. Oh my gosh! Well, finally they may win some games, then, Bill. Huh? I mean, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, so, Rob, you mentioned this uh, guy when we caught up a couple of years ago. So when you you signed with the Bills and Doug comes in, and and you guys were roommates for two years, right? So you're around each yeah. other a lot well, yeah. early on. Yes, we were great early. I was his roommate, um, and. People had warned me about him, actually. And I didn't think anything of it because I was like, dude, he's old. Like, I'm, I was 25. And I knew about him, obviously. And my brother was a shorter quarterback, not as short as Doug. But so I, I respected what he did. and, um, But, uh, yeah, it was fine. And then, but when I started playing over him and, like, playing. So my typically my stats were better than his. And he won more than me. And so, like he always had a problem with that. So we'd always say that I held the ball too long. So I didn't get incomplete. Like he'd just say this stuff to the press. And so finally it started getting back to me 
that it was Doug saying all this stuff that was causing the stuff. He had the ear of a lot of those guys and it'd be anonymous quotes. And, um, and I just realized we were different. And then it, once I saw that side of it, I really didn't want to be around him too much anymore. I do remember, uh, you know, I've worked at the Buffalo news. This is years, years later. Um, but I worked with Bucky Gleason at the news. I remember reading some of his old stories. He kind of called out Doug, didn't he? I mean, he, it might've been right after I, the fact when he went to San Diego, but I, I feel like he I don't really, really maybe brought remember, some of that truth to light. Yeah. I mean, he, Doug was a, I mean, I, my wife always, cause when everyone asks about Doug, I, I was, you know, he's a hell of a player and she can't believe that I can say that <laughs> about someone like that. I'm like, honey, well, he's a good player. Like I, I and, you know, it wasn't anything about that. Um, but, yeah, it's just – he's a different cap. So, I mean, that that first year, you, you guys started 0-3, but you had this crazy good game against St. Louis offensively. It was like 34-33. And then you beat Steve Young in the Niners. And then you you beat Indianapolis. So you're 2-3. You're the offense is on track. You get in the Jacksonville game. And that's – kind of when things shifted right and the, the Flutie oh, mania took on a life yes. of its own and he may or may not have just kept the ball at the one yard line after that <laughs> well it's funny because we he, he didn't play well that whole game and they're in this prevent coverage and I think he just threw one up for grabs and molds and molds came down with it I mean it should have been picked like it was just we had no chance and then we had three straight incompletions and he missed the, then we called a run and he missed the handoff and ran in. I looked at Ben Pelt like, "Oh, dude, I'm done." Because the place went. I just it was part of that whole magic. And um, against the Chargers, we had we missed the field goal to win that game. Then we played Miami down there in Miami, which I think we lost 14 to 10. They had a really good defense. We just yeah. And then the Rams were up by 14 in the fourth quarter and lost. Which you know Buffalo with that defense, you hardly ever do at home. Um, anyways, I think. They were like right before they went to the Super Bowl run, so they're a good team. And then, yeah, we got a roll against Steve Young. They were undefeated. We we beat them pretty easily. And then uh, Indy Payton was a rookie. They were uh, they weren't very good. And then our our schedule kind of softened up. And we had the Bengals. Uh, we had Indy twice. Um, I think a couple of Panthers. I think so. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, I got. And then we got a roll and Wade's like, Hey, we're going to stick with Doug. Um, you know, cause it was like six games and I was like, yeah, I understand. I totally understood. Um, the, the only thing I didn't like was the next year when he wasn't playing as good, they didn't go back quicker, but that was it. Right. So that, that next season, that's uh, it's, you guys have the best defense arguably in, in the NFL. Um, you went 11 and five. I think we all remember that that Colts game. I mean, the, it's not like the Colts were were resting their their starters either. I mean, they were a thirteen and three team. They had a lot to play for, and and you guys just yeah, they're killed they're them playing for home field. I think for the whole thing or by maybe they were playing for one of those. Yeah, I remember and, that. And before I uh, nosedive into the madness that is Nashville, I see Joe Zoni in the house at Buffalo Wins one of our most loyal subscribers and he, he, he's, he wants to jump into the question. So get down in there, Joe. Thanks, man. Hey, Rob, uh, two questions I have for you. One, the rumor was that Ralph Wilson made the call to wait to, to bench Doug for the playoff game. Do you at all know if that was the case at all? And 
and to to part two of that question, did you have a good relationship with Ralph Wilson in terms of like when you were there? Did he take a liking to you? Because that's the rumor that he told he told Wade to bench Flutie for you. So I'm just curious if you heard that and how was your relationship with the owner? The fu- I loved Ralph. Um, I, I mean, it's not like we hung out and had lunch um, ever. <laughs> um, I don't. I think he just liked my family, like because my dad, and mom came back to a lot of the games and were very supportive. And um, I think he just. I don't know. He had a liking towards me that way. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, the funny you asked that because I went up to Wade right after they announced it <laughs> in the locker room. And Wade goes, I'm starting you because uh, I got like NFL player of the week against the Colts. And we hadn't played well on offense the whole year. And I asked him, I said, is this your call or Ralph's? I literally, I said that right. That was the first thing that came out of my mouth. And I don't really have a filter and I probably shouldn't have now that I'm a coach and looking back at it, I should have just said, thank you. And let's, and I, and he said, no, Rob, it's my decision. I said, let's go. That's all I said. I said, awesome. Cause I wanted his, cause he, he would, I, I like, I really like Wade. I thought he, he's amazing defense coordinator coordinator. I'm not sure like head coach, if he has um, that, like just looking back at it, um, he would have been a great head coach for an all veteran team. And like, he's a total players coach, unbelievable defense coordinator. And he's a good guy. He's a great guy. Um, but like, he would go out of his way, like, because they kept the reporters kept asking during the year when Doug would play bad, you think about putting Rob in or that. And so one time, um, this is the only thing that rubbed me the wrong way. After a game, he didn't play well and we won. Um, he goes, "No, I didn't think about putting Rob in." That's how he started off the the press conference. I didn't like that, but other than that, nothing. There's no problems. I mean, that entire regular season. Uh... Not one 300-yard passing game, it looks like. I mean, it was it was all the defense. And that defense, for people who don't remember, I mean, you still had Bruce Smith, but Ted Washington, right? Pat Williams, John Holacek, Sam Cowart, Marcellus Wiley was around. So Yeah, Hank was still there, Henry Jones. Um, we had, uh, gosh, was, um, God, his, son, his son's now a great player for uh, Tampa. I don't know why his name's. He played for um, Ohio State. Oh, Antoine Winfield. Yeah, Yeah. Antoine Winfield. Yeah, he was – I don't know if he was – I think he was there. He was a stud. Um, Yeah. Yeah, we had had a good defense, like, and deep, too. Uh, Sean Price just – we had a a defensive line rotation that was just amazing. And we – a lot of times we sat back in just, like, a two because we could get pressure with four. And Ted and Pat in there is hard for teams to run on us. It it was – that was a solid D. What was it like? Offensively, too, guys. Like, I know that's like, it was so different back then. <laughs> like, I look at it now. I mean, just even the fact that we weren't allowed to rub the footballs in. So we had to play with brand new footballs. I mean, and um, like, you don't even talk about receivers. Like, you might have one dude that would go over the middle back then. Maybe. Like, and if you threw it high over the middle and they had to reach, you know, let's not even talk about jumping. They would never jump for a ball over the middle. Um, like nowadays it does, they can't hit them. Like you could, you could jam guys like all the way down the field. So, um, yeah, the, the game's totally different, but yeah, our offense wasn't great that year. I can remember talking to teammates on both sides of the ball, like for an oral history at, at the Buffalo news on this. I think that's when 
early on when we started talking and there were guys on the team that understood because I think it, a lot of people think, Oh, it was insane. The decision. What are you, what are you doing? D- D- Doug Faludi was the quarterback all year. The last game you're playing his backup for the hell of it. And it, it, how could you just hand the team to a different quarterback? But there were guys that understood, okay, we've got this defense, but we don't have an offense that can win the Super Bowl. We we, we have to right. pair like a big armed guy with this defense to somehow string together three, four playoff wins in a row. Um, but what was it like in the locker room from what you remember? Were there clearly like Doug guys and Rob guys? Did you know, that, like, no, it's so funny you say that. Like, Everyone was super cool. I remember an article came out in Sports Illustrated and Marcellus Wiley said a few things. Um, but no, like, it was I, – I, guys just want to win. And if if they think you can give them a chance to win, they don't care. I, like, I don't remember it being a big to-do at all. Um, I remember, like, Doug was – he pouted that whole week pretty badly. And I get it, but, like, um, I didn't get pouted when I got benched. I was supportive. Um, so what, what does he do when he pouts? Like, what does it look like? He was, I, you'd always like, you'd walk into a room and he'd be huddled with two dudes, like talking. You can clearly tell him he was talking about the situation, you know, cause it was, you know, when someone's talking about you, it stops. And then they start looking, Hey, what's up? You know, it's just so awkward. Um, just shit like that all the time. Um, yeah, I was fine. Like Ben Pelt was amazing with me. Like he was amazing. Great guy. Uh, really enjoyed him. And he was, I know he was in my corner and not that he like, like I was better at this. We had our strength. We both had our strengths and weaknesses. And I've told people, I wish I would have coached before I played. I mean, um, I look back at it now. I didn't play very smart. Was I, and it and part of partly was the situation. Like I didn't play that way in Jacksonville, but I always played like it was my last play. And it was partly because even in practice, I remember shooting up for practice just so I could practice. So Doug wouldn't get the reps and it did a toll on my body. And mentally I, I was getting better physically. I was getting worse. And so it was just, it was one of those deals. Um, I should have thrown the ball away a lot more. Um, um, yeah, it was pretty hard headed at times, pretty easy to get along with, but if I don't agree with something, I, I will, I will tell you and looking back at it, you know, I was just young, but you know, you live and learn. Jesse and, and Joe have some questions here. Fire away, fellas. Joe, do you want to go or me? All right. Thanks. Um, Hey Rob, I really appreciate your time. Oh, no problem. Um, I heard you're big into yoga from Doug Gottlieb. <laughs> How did you get into yoga? And <laughs> uh, what do you recommend for a beginner that needs some flexibility being a dad at 40? <laughs> yeah, well, um, so my wife got me into yoga. So I'll give you um, one. If you're single, Jesse, there's always hot girls in there. So that's, that's you know. <laughs> I got two kids and a wife, so no. A yeah, bunch of I mean, washed up married guys in here now. <laughs> I, I, I have four kids, but I mean, it, it doesn't hurt, right? Scenery, scenery always helps. Look at you know hairy dudes in the gym, or but no, um, I still work out like weight wise, um, like try to do something every day. But yeah, yoga I tried two or three times. My wife got me into it, um, and it started like uh, when I was in Tampa. 
and it really helped me get used to the heat down there. Not that I ever had a problem with it, but like I do the hot yoga and like, I, I want to text Tiger Woods and be like, dude, you need to start doing yoga. Like, cause I have the same injuries as him, like fusion, all that stuff on the back. And it just, so the best way I could put it is like, I feel like I had like WD 40 sprayed in all my joints when I get done. Like it just, it loosens me up. The heat will help your body, um, you know, just open up a little more. Um, I know everyone thinks it's really, uh, it's not very manly, we could say, but it's, uh, it's probably one of the hardest things I, I do when I work out and I do some, like I run stadiums with weighted vest and huge hills and sand hills and, um, and I burn just as many calories in hot yoga, probably cause it hurts a lot. Like I'm in pain. So my heart rate's up and it's hot, but um yeah if you can find a good studio back there it's all about the teacher too and i i don't go to a teacher that you know tells you to go hug a tree or you know grab your favorite pillow and lay down like it's not like that this is pretty good <laughs> intense yoga so i'm not like that i'm a californian but i'm not a tree hugger or like that that vegan or what all that other sh- crap <laughs> do you shop for crystals what's up so do you shop for crystals no, oh my God, Jesse, my, okay, let me give you Jesse, like, Ty, I know, you know how where I'm I, going, right? <laughs> no, I know how I look, and I know how I'm perceived, and the, so I, 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 cracks me up. My grandfather was a steel mill worker from Aliquippa, Pennsylvania. He had four brothers. Uh, one was a gold gloves boxer. The one died in World War II. Like, they're all steel mill workers. They, they drove out during the Depression, because all the mills closed down there, and they worked the mills out here in California. My dad is one of the biggest hard asses, like football coach ever, um, like a Bo Schembechler type. Um, so yes, I I am super laid back and super um, easygoing, but not when I compete. And um, yeah, no, no crystals, uh, all that's none of that. I, I actually am embarrassed now to say that I'm from California, and I'm not joking at all. Just of what it's become. And the people that live here now, it's it's embarrassing. So, yeah, Gavin Newsom has it all can figured I out. That comment, that comment Go was ahead. Aaron Rodgers was seen shopping for crystals, and I was just joking. Oh, that's right, I did see that. Chico, that's a different that's a different pocket of California. There, yeah, yeah, that is that's yeah yeah that's no cal. We don't claim that. I said, like, you don't live out here, but, like, my little bubble is, like, north of L.A. I hate L.A., too, but, like, anything, that's Northern California to me. (laughs) Like, it's just. Uh, You don't, like, live it in filth? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just, it's awful. It's, like, I can't believe what it's become. It's, yeah, it's terrible. (laughs) It's, I can't, I don't know. Yeah, oh, I, I, my wife. I've only been there a couple of times in my life, but listen to Adam Carolla so much, it doesn't sound ideal at all. Well, You're... just the tra- everyone's pissed off. I don't. You know what I think it is, Tyler. I don't think anyone like is has money out here, like really, and they just live beyond their means. They're all probably cheating on their wife. They don't like how they look, so they get plastic surgery or Botox and all. Like it just there's a it's a bunch of unhappy people. It drives me nuts. Like it's just like, dude, like life's not that bad. And especially even in the area I live, I just think people are trying to keep up with the Joneses and everyone's in competition with each other. It's like, dude, 
God, like we're on the same team here. Let's go. Like, I don't know. Well, well Rob, I'm getting, at old. This point, I'm getting old. That's what it is. I'm getting old. Oh, I'm, I'm right there with your, I'm curmudgeon at every turn. And I mean, that's like, a, it's a good opportunity to kick it to our New York city resident, Joe. Cause he's, you're living in the <laughs> filth out go. there, Joe, which. Oh, so now, now, I'm, now I'm talking down on your city. He's he's don't, just gonna say don't off. be smirch, don't be smirch my borough, man. Don't be smirch it. Queens is at least awesome. you guys are real in New York. You guys at least That's are true. honest. And we do have a we have a much better uh, transportation system in LA. I think it's why it's a disaster. Yeah, those subways uh, look disaster. really clean, Joe. Really clean. I don't know. Oh, they're they're kind. They're not as bad as. No, it depends what line you're by. I'm by a clean line, man. There are some. Did they just people. release a bunch of criminals too? There, I'm sorry, I don't I know. know. Probably, who knows? Yeah, they, yeah, they one from my hometown in Salamanca. Yeah, which I brutal. As as look look at him with a gun. Yeah. How do you think yeah. Joe got on the pod podcast? Today? <laughs> <laughs> Early release. <laughs> yeah, all those hot takes I have on Twitter, I got in jail for. <laughs> uh, so, question, Rob, for you. Um, in a parallel universe, let's just say the roles were reversed and you were like the underdog, I say scrappy, you were like yes. the, the picture of Doug Flutie and, and like the underdog and the roles were reversed. Do you think it would have been different if you were him and like he was you kind of with like he was the franchise guy, blah, blah, blah. Do you think it would have been different or do you think it, you would have gone down the path of Doug Flutie being like, you know, pissed off and you know, being like how he was, how you've described it. Well, so Doug was like, to be honest with you, he was bitter, like from the start, like he was still pissed off at the NFL from what happened in like 85 and 86. I've heard every story and everything that happened. And like, just to give you an example, like we were watching film and Marino threw the ball away and they didn't call grounding. And Doug was like, yeah, they don't call it on him, but they called it on me last week. And I said, Doug, he's thrown for like 35,000 yards in this league. He's like, well, I've thrown for 30. And I was like, dude, that's Canada. Like, I, it's just everything was – so I get it because my brother was short. And so I get like – and he was like the number one recruit in high school coming out. And and he always had a chip on his shoulder too because he always – he wasn't the prototype. So I have seen that side of it. I don't know. It's a great question. I don't know, like, if I grew up in that way, like, always being shorter. Like, he always had to prove himself, right? So, I get why he'd be like that a little bit. Um, but you do have to own your own shit sometimes. Like, you can't just always blame it on, you know, I'm shorter. Dude, you can play. You're in the NFL. Like, you have a chance. You, granted, you're not going to get as many chances as probably someone, you know, that's more 6'4 and, and whatever. But, like... Um, it's a good question. Uh, yeah, I probably, you know, would have had the same chip on my shoulder. Um, you know, he did. But Yeah, because it always seemed to me like everything seemed fine on the surface until the Tennessee game. Because then 2000 yeah. became like a disaster where it was like, that's when we saw where everyone was bickering and all that sort of stuff. Okay, so this is what happened. So we were really good two years in a row, right? And our division, honestly, like if you look back at it, it it's the it was the toughest division by like dude we had we had um we had Belichick and Parcells and like Jimmy Johnson and Peyton Manning and like Bledsoe and then then uh, Brady it, dude you know and the Jets were good back then shit I think in two thousand or ninety nine they went to the AFC Championship game with Vinny Testaverde um so that division was gnarly like it was tough um 
what was it? I, I forget. I'm getting old. I got hit in the head. Just everything kind of falling apart there in, in 2000. Oh, okay, yeah. So I'm so sorry. So 2000. So we're because they signed both me and Doug, right? And they still had those old contracts with like Andre Reed and Thurman and Phil Hansen and Bruce. So we were up against the cap. So what happened is we had to get rid of it was like systematically. So that year we got rid of like half the guys, right? And we were still eight and eight. And we, I swear to God, if you look it up, we had the worst special teams in the history of the NFL. If you talk to Chris Moore or Steve Chris or, or Christy, they said it was the biggest joke. So Wade hired a guy from UTEP, I think that helped his son get out of some trouble. I swear, this is, I can't believe I'm telling you this. Ronnie anyway, Jones. Ro- yes, legit. Legit, that's what happened. And um, I could tell you some stories about him. Anyways, like. I'll Let it rip. Uh, Let it rip, Rob. They, uh, like, the, the players had to coach. The, like, I remember we, we came in like seven on a Friday. Quarterbacks getting there early. And I remember Schultz was there. We forgot, we forgot to mention Schultz on defense, too. Crash. Man, that guy would kill you. Uh, the safety, hard hitter. Um, Kurt Schultz, so yeah. So he's just stressing out. Like, it's seven o'clock on a Friday. I'm like. Dude, Schultzy, what's up, man? What, what's going on? He's like, what do you mean what's going on? I have to coach, like, all special teams. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you're, he's like, he doesn't – he basically just said he didn't know what the F he's doing. I got to teach everyone. He had to be our starting safety, strong safety, which calls all the defense pretty much. And then he had to, uh, you know, do the special teams as well. I remember we played Tampa that year. We had 480 yards to 180, and we lost by two touchdowns. It was all field position. Like they would, and it was it was a bad. Like we we would have made the playoffs that year. I guarantee you, if we had special teams. And then after that year, they friggin' Donahoe came in. We dismantled the whole team, and that you know they then we sucked for what fifteen years. But yeah, it um, yeah, two thousand was, and we actually think Wade wanted to go to. But this was the rumor too that we thought he wanted to get the Texans job. So he was, we, we thought he was trying to get fired, honestly, because some of the stuff he was doing, we're like, he wants to get fired so he could go down and get the Texas job. I think that that was the rumor around the team and, you know, some of the decisions that were made. What was he doing that was extreme and bizarre? Um, we were playing Indy on Monday night for, it was like a, Basically, whoever won the game was still alive. The mm-hmm. Indy was fighting that. It was, and um, before the game, more more was like, "Oh yeah, this is great." Like you know his voice. Um, yeah, we're we're totally in it. This is a huge game. This is basically like a playoff game. And then they interviewed Wade, and we had a ton of injuries that year. And Wade was like, "No, nah, we're done." Ba- I shit you not. You can look it up. He was like, "No, nah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna make the playoffs." This was an interview. <laughs> Um, totally. Uh, wow. Yeah, I'm not joking. It was right before the game, and then there was some, like, I we the defensive guys didn't think he was working as hard, game planning, and he was leaving it all up to Ted. Um, that was just I. That could be all speculation and rumors. I'm just saying what was going around the, the building that year. It I mean, wasn't, yeah, it, I mean, you were. I mean, you were. Gosh, eight and eight that season. So you're eight and, or I'm sorry, seven and six, maybe into that Indianapolis game. And then they yeah, won we, 44 to 20. Dude, we started off two and oh, we beat Favre and we beat Tennessee in that rematch. 
Mm-hmm. And then we had a bye. And we played the Jets of the Jets, and we'd never, we hadn't beaten them in a while. And we played really well. We had a, a couple bad turnovers in the red zone. Um, I think we missed the field goal, too. They returned a kick. But I remember after that game, Wade was like, yeah, we're right there. We played Indy the next week, and I threw a touchdown to Molds with, like, a minute left to put us up, I thought, to win the game. And then we kicked the ball out of bounds, so they get the ball in the 40. He hits two checkdowns to Edron James, and they kick a 50-yard field goal to beat us. And then, yeah, so that was then I got hurt against the Bears, I think. Anyways, it was just – it was – it's the NFL like it's a play here it's a play there and if you're not all dialed in or you have too many injuries you know you're gonna lose that was a good seat I mean now I remember you guys you guys were seven and four and then Coward got hurt and Keon Carpenter got hurt and the defense got hurt so that's when you guys went into like that weird like you guys lost four in a row and it just yeah I don't go ahead no you're totally dude you're right on totally and locker room started to split yeah everyone knew Coaches knew they were fired, and it was it was yeah it was a shit show after that. Hundred percent. Do you remember there was so I remember that season you did an interview with Jim Rome, and I think Rome oh. Rome used to hate Doug. He did not like Doug Flutie at all, and like I think they had like some sort of sparring. And I think from what I remember, maybe you remember it obviously better. You were on it, and you kind of did talk a little bit yes. about Doug being a bad teammate, and that's what I remember. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why I remember stuff like shit like shit hitting the fan. When that happened, did like Bill's PR like come to you and go, "Why did I was you say so that?" Over the, okay, so there's a few things that happened that year. So we're start like we're having a decent year, right? And we're playing the Chargers at home, and they have Canadian Day. And like I was, I went to our PR guys. I, like I got booed literally every time I ran into the huddle. It was funny. I was like, "Oh my god, they love me here." The whole line were cracking up. I had one of my better games. I think we threw for 300. I ran for like 80 and we, it was a come, we were down by two touchdowns and we come back and win. And um, so I was pissed off at them for that. And then um, there was a couple other things that they'd done that I was just like, seriously, like I'm trying to, all right, anyways. Uh, and after that, God, what a, that was very immature. There was a big article in Sports Illustrated that came out and it was the anonymous quotes and it was Doug that gave him, I swear. I called him out to his face, very threatening and nothing happened. Yeah. It was, it was that year sucked. I wanted out actually. I told them to get rid of me after that year. I was like, just let me go. Like no hard feelings. Like I just need a fresh start. This is, this isn't working out and end up keeping me and cutting Doug. Um, but yeah, um, are you? Are we still there? Yeah, Rob. What's it okay, like no, though? When so that was very, my phone was doing something. So that was very oh, yeah. immature of me. I called up Jim because I heard something. Jim had just reported something, and I was just, I don't know. I'm 27 years old. And I'm pissed off. Uh, very immature of me. Would never do it now. If my kids did it, I'd be pissed off at them. Um, which you always take the high road, right? And I didn't. It was like the first time. Um, I didn't, and I, I regret that. I don't have a lot of regrets, but I do regret that. I feel like an idiot. But that, that's what's public. So I always wonder, like, behind the scenes privately when you know, people like me that, that are covering the NFL and talking to players on the record, off the record, and obviously some of the best stories are 
based off of those off the record conversations because to, to get messages out, guys would prefer their name not be attached to it. But I always wonder about the ramifications of that behind the scenes. Like, so you're you're in Doug's face. What what was that like? I mean, I mean, credit to you for standing up for yourself, and you, you were right pretty confident that it was him. Yeah, I did it right after, uh, right when I I read it, or someone. I didn't read stuff back then. Uh, my brother or someone, hey Rob, this is going on. Um, and uh, I actually went to wait because it was bad. I go, this is a good splinter team. We need. I said, let's have a let's sit in a meeting and, and figure out who's saying anonymous quotes because this is bullshit. And Wade didn't want to do that. Um, so I confronted him and say, this is effing bull. You know, you know how it goes. And he was very apologetic. He said, that wasn't me, Rob. I promise I would never do that. And I'm like, who the hell would care about quarterback rating besides you? Like, it was, it was like very personal and like weird. And like, if you want, I, I, I have the article from SI here. This is what the, <laughs> the anonymous quote said. There's no question we're a different team with Doug in there. All Doug thinks about is helping the team win and how he can do that. Rob seems distracted by things like wanting everyone to like him. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, he, and, he, and it said he'd rather get... no one liked Doug. That was yeah, the problem. And... He, had, he paid guys. Like, dude, I can tell you. So a lot of the guys after games would go to strip clubs, right? And Doug said, like, Doug would hang out, I think, because it was the only thing open one on Sunday night. And, you know, some of the guys like that. It's not my thing, but so you go hang out with the guys. Doug would sit in the car because he says, I can't have my fans see me in there. And by the way, he did some other shady stuff that I won't even say. Um, and uh, he would, I don't know. It's just, so guys like me better than him. So that was totally like, who would even say that? Like, how do, like, what do I walk around the locker room giving out like, candy grams to people like i don't even know how <laughs> like how you get someone to try to like you like i don't understand that anyways it it does yeah. seem like you're the antithesis of that just just the handful of times that we've talked rob like you yeah, don't really don't give care. a shit what anybody thinks about you no i do not but yeah yeah anyways that's interesting and then Man. wasn't there something in there about quarterback rating too? Yeah, they, they said that you rather take a sack than throw it away because you you don't okay. drop. all right let's say there's like Four, like let's say there's like three a game like so i could have thrown it away two t- so if you add 10 incompletions does that really affect your quarterback rating that much like i don't even i took sacks and i don't even care about that shit like i don't like giving up on plays my theory was and i look back and it's stupid was i'd want to try to keep a play alive as long as i could especially on third down so what if i get sacked it's two yards or three yards if you you know we're gonna punt anyway so like why not try to make a play? Um, yeah, now that I look back at it, I should have thrown it away and just punted, but I don't like that. I'd rather, you know, if it works one out of three times, then, you know, you're winning. But It yeah. is crazy how something as, you know, simple, innocuous as that just kind of becomes a talking point two decades later, right? Yeah. I mean, Joe – I mean, Bills fans, you, you bring up your name, Rob, and that's what they, that's what they'll say. He wanted to take yeah, sacks. Yeah. I imagine that would, I mean, that would drive me nuts. One of my really good friends, his name's Joe Panos. He played on the team and our O-line the last year I was there. And that's when it was really bad. I remember I took five sacks against Tampa 
and three of them were for one yard or like no yards. Like, so I was just scrambling and I didn't get across the line of scrimmage. Totally. I took too many sacks hundred um, percent. But that wasn't the reason we weren't winning. I don't think. Um, and there was some where it was just bad protection. Cause like some games I'd be like, dude, what do you want me to do here? I I'm getting hit from the blind side. I can't see it. And yeah. Anyways, the, the last year was bad. Um, we had three guys that had never even like made a team in the NFL starting or four and they're good guys. I mean, uh, it just, it was, it is what it, you know, <laughs> it is what it is, but. Did you yeah. like Greg? Did you like Greg Williams? Cause I, you had him his first year. Did you get along with him pretty well? He was, you know what? I, so you know what he told me? This is hilarious. This isn't hilarious. I was sore at, after the first game we played him in the, repeat when we after the music city miracle if you go back and watch that game um it was one of the hardest hitting fast games ever i think like brad johnson the next year when i was in tampa or two years after that two years after that brad johnson the first thing he says to me is like dude how was that tennessee game uh two years ago anyways um he had a scout in our tour days greg williams when he was with tennessee in buffalo he had one of our guys and so he had everything on us for that first game. He told me this. And I was like, that's great now that you're on our side. But, like, dude, I was sore for, like, like you hit me almost every freaking play. He knew everything. He had everything on us. And wait, wait, wait. So they, he, he had a scout at the Bills training camp. So, Tyler, this is what happens. During training camp, you have high school coaches that come and help out or learn, right? Every team used to do it. I don't know if they still do it. But, we, yeah, you'd have three or four guys on offense or defense, and they help out. And he had planted one of his guys in our camp. He told me this, like, in our first time we talked. Well, it was crazy. Greg said that he'd come on one of these happy hours at, at some point. So when he does, Rob, let's let's bring you back on, and we'll just we'll, we'll hash oh, it out. I, I love – like, I talked to him. I went to a Rams game when they played Buffalo out at the Coliseum. And I talked like he was uh, coordinating for the Rams. And we talked for like 40 minutes. I, as a person, I really liked him. I liked how confident he is. He is a genius defense coordinator. He is amazing. Uh, not sure head coach because he, he, you know, he'll do anything. And he, he rides that line. Um, I wish it was a different circumstance I played for him. That year was just awful um, for like, just for the Bills in that year. Uh, I really just didn't like Donahoe. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't trust him. Uh, he wouldn't discipline guys that should have been like molds had signed a big contract and he wasn't really, um, into it that year that much. I don't think. And like, I don't know. It just, and molds was amazing. I mean, that guy, when he wanted to play, he was, when he wanted to play, he was the best in the NFL. I'm telling you that guy was amazing. Uh, peerless was great too, but yeah. Greg was good. I didn't mind him. I, you know, defensive coaches are different as head coaches. Uh, um, but yeah, he was, I have no problem with Greg. What you say you didn't trust Donahoe. Was there something that he said to you that, cause I, I remember you being the guy that season, like they picked Flutie over you or you over Flutie. Yeah. And it felt like to me, like it was like, uh, Okay, we need someone to start until the next until we get Drew Bledsoe in a year or a rookie quarterback. Did you 
is that kind of how you felt like you didn't trust him because he was using you a little bit as that that bridge guy to the next guy? You know what? I never felt like that, and that might be the case. Um, that might have been in his head. I think they always plan for everything. But I remember after the San Diego game, he came up to me. He's like, "Dude, we're gonna we're gonna win Super Bowls with you." I, I played very well. We lost, um, but uh, he's very complimentary. I don't know. I just there was something about him I didn't. And maybe it could have been my headspace at that time because it wasn't very healthy, probably just not trusting too many people. So to be fair to Tom, it, it might have been just that. Um, but after I broke my collarbone, I like that's it, it's it's really weird to be on a team and you get hurt for a long period of time. Uh, they kind of just don't talk to you they don't look at it it's, it's very weird and um that was my first time being hurt for that long of a period so that was weird too yeah to be fair to tom it, it was probably just the situation and the time i don't know everyone kind of didn't like him though at least like <laughs> I could, like no one liked donahoe like everyone kind of couldn't stand. like fans didn't the, te- uh, the media tyler can maybe if he heard stories about him <laughs> I was I was a young chap then, but I, I do have mem- memories of just negativity. People were not fans of Tom Donahoe. That uh, he's not well, a yeah, I know that. Guy. What's that? It, like to me, I, when I think, when I still think of Buffalo, and it's like I think of family. Honestly, that's the first thing when I think about that organization, dude. I used to go up to uh, Jo uh, Overdorf's office and just sit there and kick it with him. And ah. we called him J.O. And Russ Brandon, like, we all hung out. Like, it was, dude, it was, fan- like, it was crazy. Butler would come up to us and be like, hey, Rob, what do you think of our, like, he, he would ask us about, you know, draft picks. and Because he, like, he knows players know, like, hey, did we make a good pick here or not? Like, he didn't have an ego. Like, I don't know. It was, uh, I know, it, like, with Flutie and all that stuff, it was, it was a very good time for, you know, three years there um a lot of fun and i i always i wish it would have worked out and uh you know everything comes to an end anyways but i mean we probably besides the 2000 we should have been better but we probably only had a three-year run anyways with how bad we were with the sour cap to be honest and probably why aj and butler left because they knew that was coming up um where we'd have to rebuild um so and they had said i mean you it's hard to sustain. I mean, that much success was from the 1990s to to like 10 years of just great football. That's hard. It's hard to do. I know Bill has a question here, uh, but but first is you you touched on it earlier. We we can't just skim past it. People have to know what you dealt with uh, physically, Rob. I mean, six concussions that were like documented concussions and Lord knows what else. The Tommy Johns, you mentioned the collarbone. I mean, holy hell! You, I mean, you went through a lot physically as things kind of went south. And I, from what I remember, when we talked a couple of years ago, it seemed like the team really wanted you to stay out there. And, and whether it was them or the internal pressure, what, what was that like to deal with as a player who, oh by the way, is smack dab in the middle of like one of the greatest quarterback controversies of our lifetime? Yeah. The um, so I hurt like I pitched I got drafted out of high school I pitched at SC for a year so that probably weakened the that was the biggest injury like I could deal with other stuff the concussions I think it was just AstroTurf to tell you the truth um and once you I got a really big one my second year up there against Philadelphia um 
like bad where I didn't know anything for a good two hours, three hours. Um, and once you get one like that, you're very, you're susceptible, susceptible to them. Right. And, uh, the Tommy John is what really hurt. Uh, I, I remember we're playing the 49ers. Um, I actually threw a touchdown pass to, I think Andre Reed. No, 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 that was the Rams. Um, I was, I got, uh, I went to throw, my arm was up in that like L shape where you're about to release it. And I hit my elbow right on someone's helmet. And after then, like during training camp stuff, uh, two days, I had pain every time I threw the ball. That's what I'd shoot up in practice. I mean, they would put a needle in there and they'd scrape the bone to try to get healing in there. This <laughs> is like crazy stuff to get me back out there. And so what happened is I, without being able to work the balls in either, I started losing my grip. Like I couldn't pump gas and grips everything like for a thrower. Uh, you know, that's why, you know, in baseball, they want, they work the balls in a little bit. You don't want a pitcher that can't control the ball. Like you're going to get hit like Peyton and um, Brady went to the commissioner in I think 2006 and changed the rule where you could actually practice with the footballs. So I lost my grip. Um, and so I couldn't throw as well. And I use, I like, I had a real, I had a good arm, but like, I worked really hard at it. I had to practice a ton. And so I couldn't practice as much. So yeah, you just start falling apart and mentally that's what, when you have to go in and like decide where to throw, like I use, I could make every throw before. And then when you have to decide, okay, I can't make that throw. Like um, that's when it doesn't, that's when it's not fun. It's not fun at all when physically you can't do it anymore. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't pump gas. I think you said previously, like, you couldn't even really grip the refrigerator to open it. Yeah, Is that pulling right? The refrigerator, yeah, pulling the refrigerator open, same thing. It's that inner elbow. Um, yeah, it's it's not fun. Yeah, and, and, and it's not like you can really, doc, you know, broadcast this to the world as it's happening. You're, you're fighting for your football life at yeah, that point. Yeah, you know, like, you, they'll cut you, right? I mean, I I had the surgery – it took two years. And by that time I was done. Um, you know, it just, I, I tried to rehab it to come back. Cause I knew if I sat out a year at, you know, year 10, it'd be hard to be back on another team. So I tried to do everything. I waited too long. Yeah. You lasted a long time though. Really? I mean, you played yeah. <laughs> a decade. That's pretty wild when you think about it. Yeah. And then in um, 2006, I came back the Coughlin signed me cause I, believe it or not i know like we couldn't be more opposite right if you looked at tom coughlin military type <laughs> army and then me he still writes me notes like, i love the guy uh he's a hard ass too um but he brought me in um i think to push jared lorenzen because he wasn't a very hard worker and um just to try to teach him how to be a pro and I love that team. The Giants, it was like the year before they won the Super Bowl. Eli was great. Um, you could just tell that team was ready to take off. But yeah, I wish I, I, I needed another year. With Gilbride's offense, you really have to throw the ball downfield. And I, that's who I had at Jacksonville. And I was good from like 30, 40 in, but like I couldn't, my top end wasn't good. So I just, yeah, I got cut. Hillsbury throw boy, RIP. Uh, Bill, thanks for hanging. Sorry about that. Let her rip. Yeah, 
Rob kind of, uh, yeah, Rob, thanks. Thanks for doing this. This is great. I, uh, it's great to hear all these stories and you kind of addressed my question a little bit about Eric molds, but I was wondering where Eric molds ranked, um, in the receivers that you threw to it. It's funny. You, you guys were talking about 98 and 2004 was kind of with Drew Bledsoe, you know, the strong arm quarterback throwing the molds. And I've, I've yeah, heard Gilbert like, was there. Yep. Yeah. That was like, I heard like 2004, that was the best team did not make the playoffs it probably could have had a run too so i was just wondering you know eric molds and maybe peerless price some of the receivers you threw to and where they ranked uh, peerless was outstanding like a hard worker um he was a definite like a high-end number two i think he got in problems when he had to be number one you know when he went to atlanta um but like peerless was awesome like just a great number two high-end high high-end number two Mole, uh, the best receiver I ever played with, and it's unfortunate that he had issues because he'd st- he'd be in the Hall of Fame. Was Jimmy Smith from Jacksonville? Um, he was, I mean, <laughs> so good, so good. Um, and he was a, like normally when you get that high end of an athletic ability at receiver, the work ethic usually doesn't go along with it. But he had a real tough time when he first got in the NFL, like for two or three years. And um, we, we had him in Jacksonville. He made the team as a gunner because no one could stay with him on special teams. And um, he just became, he was amazing. So he worked his ass off and he was talented. Uh, He was amazing. I had Jerry Rice towards the end, um, but he, so we're, we're really bad in the Raiders last, and it was week 17. We sucked. And it was the year Callahan, they had all that racial stuff happen and the team was split up. And uh, sure enough, it's raining in Oakland and he's still after practice on a Friday doing like his sprints that he always did. That's I took that's what I took from Jerry. And he was a really nice guy, but worked his ass off. But I would say Jimmy, um, Jimmy Smith was the best. Molds was right there. Molds just Molds wasn't a great. Like he's not a pure route runner. He is just physically uh, dominant. Like he's four four and weighs two hundred fifteen pounds and ripped, and he's physical. Like he'll, he is very physical, can jump, uh, amazing athlete. Um, but like just pure route running, he that wasn't him. He was just give me a ball on a slant, give me the ball on a go. Now you know he did run. Obviously, he ran good routes. Uh, you know, but not like Jimmy Smith. That's funny that you say that, Rob. I'm paraphrasing, but I we had Eric Moulds on the podcast a couple of years ago, and we talked about, you know, every all the craziness in, in 99 and, and beyond. But I think he said that was part of the reason that he liked playing with Doug. It was more like just kind of backyard, like two-minute drill, draw it up in the sand kind of stuff, yeah. which would play into what you yeah. just said, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I. I'm a detail guy. I like if, like if you're supposed to be at twenty yards, be at twenty yards. Uh, don't be at fifteen or you know, uh, very much that way. And I had no problems, you know, throwing with molds and all that stuff. Um, but and and Eric could get a little like if you didn't get him the ball early, like most receivers in a game, he would, he would not like that <laughs> and come up with something but like he was good i mean he was so when he was dialed in there was no one better no one better joe 
Hey, hey, Rob. Um, you your la your 2002 season. You were in Tampa Bay. What was it like with Gruden? I know we've had a couple different. Ty came to the test of this. Like, there's been some people who aren't fans of him. Like, how did you get along with uh, Gruden? Great. Richie loved uh, him though. Richie loved him. I never. So <laughs> the only coach I really never didn't like like was uh, Spurrier. I like just awful coach <laughs> like I can't like not good and especially when I was after coming from Gruden because Gruden was such a hard worker Spurrier didn't want to work at all and uh he just wanted to play golf he still thought he could play like football like it was just <laughs> I wish I didn't I took more money to go there I should have stayed in Tampa with John um John was great the only thing the only thing negative I'll say about John is he falls in and out of love with people so many times it's like it, it can be hard like I went from backup to starting to backup to third like it was just crazy for no apparent reason because I won both starts when I was there I played well when I backed up um but he's just and you can see it he picks up quarterbacks all the time he cuts quarterbacks all the time um and some other guys told me some negative stories about John uh, down there. Like Joe Jervis is a friend of mine. And, uh, you know, at, you, when you're with these guys all the, as much time as you're with them, like you don't look at them just as like an object. And I think John treated some guys just like, hey, you're just a, you know, a chessboard piece. And he cut Joe, didn't even call him, didn't even tell him. Walked by in the hallway like a minute before he got cut looked at him didn't say a word and joe got a call like a minute later and he got cut and gruden didn't say a word to him um, wow. he never treated me like that he's always been nice to me i texted him i hadn't talked to him for 10 years and i texted him after that all that stuff happened with the emails and he texted me within a minute back he said hey 11 love you man you know just very you know very gracious um so and he's very entertaining to work for, like so much energy. So it was fun to go to work. Um, very fun. The team was great. Like that team worked so hard. We all worked together after practice. Um, I remember Simeon Rice, he was the pass rusher, and he'd make me drop back and he'd just chase me after practice. <laughs> like he he was a freak specimen too, Simeon Rice. Oh my god. Uh just stuff like that. We just it was such a good team. So that was a great experience. But again. After that year, remember how I told you in 2000, we lost half the backups. We lost half, you know, you need backups. You need solid players to come in and fill in. It's going to happen. There's going to be injuries. And um, that's what happened in Tampa. They lost, I would say, 10 to 12 of us backups that really, even practice. Like, I'd push that defense in practice every day. I'd try to kick their ass. I'd try to get better. Um, and the, they're the number one defense. And so, like, even that, let's say you put in a lesser quarterback, so they're not getting as good at work, right? Um, offensively, like, they have a stud backup DB. You know, it's harder to throw against, right? You guys have to work. So, um, yeah, I, that's what happened in Buffalo, and that's what happened down there. To get a ring, though, after oh, everything yeah. you went through, had to feel pretty damn good. It was awesome. You know what? I had two wins, and we had to beat Chicago. They never won a game under 35. And I had that start and we needed it to get a buy. Um, and so I felt good about that. And then John wrote in a book that I came in against Philly during the year 
and we had a couple good drives. And John said in the book, that's when he realized how to attack the Philly defense. So I felt like I, and I, you know, practiced against the defense. I had two wins. So I felt like I had contributed. I don't know how I'd have felt like if, if I didn't play at all and didn't contribute at all about it, but yeah, it was, it was a great time. And life today. Uh, and, and thanks so much for hanging out this much. Rob. Oh, no been un- unbelievable. Awesome. I- Holy cow. Uh, l- life is, is, is good. I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, those concussions and memory. It's, it feels like we have to ask almost every yeah. player that comes on one of these, uh, how in the hell you're, you're doing uh, mentally. But I mean, you, you definitely took some shots. We, we all saw it. Uh, how are you down those lines? My body hurts. And that's why I do yoga. Um, my brain's still really, um, really, really well. Yeah, good. Can't speak. Uh, anyways, um, my dad has Alzheimer's. So I started doing hyperbaric right. oxygen with him about six years ago. And that's supposedly really good for the brain. So I'll just keep doing that. My diet's really good. Um, if I eat bad, I can feel it. Um, but just, you know, aches and pains, arthritis, all that stuff is there. But I, you know what? Tyler, I wouldn't change it for the world. I'd do it all over again. I have an amazing life. I get to see my kids. I get to coach and give back. And, you know, I've been so lucky and fortunate. Um, being, being in pain is just, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a good trade off for me. I, you know, I'd do it all over again. No complaints. So you just, you just flew to Atlanta, right? For your daughter's yeah. volleyball. Yeah, we got a yeah. bid, dude. We got a bid. Hey, um, congrats. So these are national tournaments. My daughter just got offered by Colorado and Long Beach State. Um, she's a short middle, so there you go. Uh, she's undersized. She's flutie. And, but she can jump <laughs> out of the gym, and she's a, fucking, she's a baller, just like uh, flutie was. Um, that, so that's she awesome. Has biggest, she has the biggest chip on her shoulder. She's 5'11", and that's short. She looks tiny out there against these girls. I mean, just huge, huge not i mean fat but just big girls tall and um yeah yeah, it was like a 50 team tournament all the best teams and we finished fifth so we got a bid to the nationals so um, it was worth it atlanta is the biggest shithole ever by the way oh my god (laughs) i thought la was it rivals that (laughs) worse than la wow dude dude okay so i'm walking around with you can imagine uh you know 12 beautiful in shape tall girls in spandex and at night because it got over and like you dude you have your head on a swivel i swear we're getting followed twice i had to stop give this guy a look just be like yeah i know you're there dude you know back off um everything closes down like at 10 or 9 30 because of all the crime um like you couldn't like i remember we we got we door dashed like Morton's because that was like the only place open because everything else was closed. It, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of it. And then CNN's down there, you know, it just doesn't. He got the win though. <laughs> that's what, that's what's important. No, you yeah, overcame. No, the, no. You, you, you overcame. We, we definitely overcame. And dude, the last day we had to get up. So not fair us West coasters. So our first match was like 8 AM. We had to get up. At like 3 a.m. our time, you know, it's the three hours difference. Yeah. So the girls battled through that too. That was awesome. It's pumping All right. full of caffeine. We've got. I'm. I'm sorry to keep it this long, Rob. I mean, is there anybody you else that had qu- had questions here? I mean, this has been great. I'm sure there's there's some out there. 
I'll, I'll throw something out there. Rob, how do you how do you want Bills fans to remember you by in terms of your career? Like, how oh, do you God. want them to remember you? <laughs> um, I, how they do is is I I think it's awesome that they had that that time period of of you know just um, enjoyment of you know and picking sides. I think that's fun. Like the sports are supposed to be entertaining. Um, I said some childish stuff after I left. It was you know what really hurt. Like I did a ton of community stuff, and I I, I think our community girl even wrote a letter to buffalo news because she was pissed because they said i didn't do anything i didn't do anything with cameras there i told cameras not to show i didn't want to i did a lot of stuff at the children's hospital the last thing these kids want is a camera in their face and i don't feel like getting credit for something we should be doing where other people would have to have a camera there so we did a lot of stuff like that and so i got a lot of crap that i didn't do community service i had a box for the children's hospital um i just didn't want it out there i didn't want credit for something i should be doing um, so that was the only thing I was really, that hurt me. Cause they wrote an article about that. Cause it was like, seriously. Um, so I said some stupid stuff. I wish I would have take that stuff back. I love the people of Buffalo. They've always been great. Um, I remember the first two, two and a half years. That was awesome. I'm so glad they're winning now and are getting to enjoy football, uh, you know, proper football again. And, um, just remember, I like just whatever you want to remember. Is good, bad, ugly, whatever. I don't care. Um, it was a great time in my life. I'm very appreciative of it, and um, I got to get my kids back to a game. I I told them they need to be in a box though, because I don't know how <laughs> good or bad. And they they're like, dude, they're bring it on. They want to. I go, I might get booed. They're like, that's all right. We still love you. All right. Anyways, I got to get back to a game. I think I'm gonna get back to a game this year. You gotta wave the flag, man. I'm sure that that could happen, right? <laughs> they, they give Joe, right? They give that flag to a lot of people. And, well, uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably. You'd be beloved. I, I feel like the cheers would be very loud. They gave it, it to Marshawn Lynch. They gave it to Marshawn Lynch, and he he they, he did not leave here on good terms. No, uh, so they gave it to him. Yo, Rob, one last question I had. I I just I'm thinking about the the whole Flutie Johnson thing, and I remember there was like this this innocuous criticism of you that you did not have a home in Buffalo that you live at the hotel yeah. for your three to four years. And I, it was just one of those stupid, like talking points, like me personally, like who cares, but like, I'm yeah. just so did Isaiah, right? Isaiah did. Yeah. Yeah. Did, you know did, why yeah. I did that? I, yeah. Why? So, go ahead. so I stayed like, I was at the facility all the time. I'm 25 years old. Um, I like, I got up there and just started working and it was convenient. They cleaned my room. Like it was just easy. I didn't need anything. And then, um, after the first year, they signed Doug to a big deal. I didn't know how long I was going to be there. Like, I didn't. Like, I was like, okay. Like, am I cut? Like, so I just never, I didn't want to buy anything. Like, I, should I have got a house just for appearance? Like, what's the difference? Like, I was there. Like, I don't care. Honestly, I lived, like, people laugh. I live in a hotel. Um, when I got my, I'll give you a story. I was at the Homewood Suites. I just signed the big, that big contract, right? And my one of my best friends calls me up. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm si- I was sitting out in the parking lot. It was a nice day. I, had the, I pulled a lounge chair out from the indoor pool. And I was just sitting there, I <laughs> know, in the parking lot of the Homewood Suites. He's like, where's the check? I said, it's in my sock drawer. And um, he's like, what? Like, he just couldn't believe it. But that's, to give you like a little example of me, 
And when I was coming home from Jacksonville one year, I used trash bags as my luggage because I couldn't find any luggage. And my mom was like, what are you doing? And I, I tied it with a tie, like one of my ties that you wear on the road. So just, I'm a little off, a little weird. Um, so if they just chalk it up to that. And I didn't mean, I didn't mean any offense by it. Like, it's not that I didn't like the area. Well, clearly you're you're a frugal guy that's why you live in uh california you can can pay those taxes i'm not frugal. i just don't care no you just don't care okay i I know we had a few more trickle in here late i I don't want to you know cut cut you out if anybody has any more questions for rob here i'm good i got a rare day where it's not like we're on spring break out here so the kids don't have like we don't have football games tonight we like Nice. It's been nice. So if, if you have any more questions, I'm good. I don't have hey, hey, Rob. No, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Alex. What, what was it like to be recruited? Can you tell me about the, the recruiting cycle that you went through when you're uh, a young guy going through high school to college? Yeah, it's so different now, and I feel bad for uh, – high school kids now um the transfer portal is killing like high school kids because it you know if you're an adult i mean if you're a coach and your job depends on it you'd rather go get an older kid than a younger kid right so that's hurting it for me my brother was a very like lou holtz like he there notre dame was it back then he came to my brother's high school banquet joe paterno was in our house he never leaves back there and so i quarterback till my senior year I was a receiver um for a guy named Steve Stenstrom who played for the Chicago Bears he played for Stanford so I was I only had one year in high school and um back then you could wait until early signing back then was like senior year September so with my brother being that highly recruited and then my dad a quarterback coach and all you know he was highly regarded um but I didn't have any tape so I took trips to Notre Dame Cause probably, cause you know, they love my brother that, that, you know, they probably figured, okay, he can play. I went to Penn state and then USC. Um, the hardest thing was my junior year. My dad made me um, pick. He's like, all right. Cause basketball teams were starting to send coaches to watch me play. And I remember specifically Stanford came and my dad was like, all right, they're starting to spend money on you. You need to tell them if you're going to play high school, uh, play basketball or football. So I chose, after, I didn't even play quarterback yet. But my junior year, I told him I was going to play football. Um, took three trips. Um, it was great. It was very low key. Uh, not as much pressure on the kids now, like where they go and take 40 trips on their own, like and put on their uniforms and then like put it on social media. It's so stupid. I feel bad for kids now, but it was really easy for me. It helped that my dad was a coach and my brother had already gone through it, though. So. I don't think people really know how your dad, Rob, he started this whole quarterback guru revolution, yes. right? And now every single quarterback has their their private coach. And I mean, your your dad started this all. Tyler, the two head guys right now, like John Beck, we trained him. He was he went to BYU. My dad trained him. My dad really liked him. Um, and he does it. He does a lot. He was the guy that they hired with the Jets the most awkward thing ever I saw him because he lives right down here. I'm like, Beck, how the hell was that? They hired him mid season just to be like Zach Wilson's like personal coach. Like I've never heard of that. It's like the weirdest thing ever. 
I don't know if you guys heard about that back last year or year. Anyways, so he's what did one he of say about guys. that? He just said it was so awkward. I don't even know how long it lasted. Because like he's sitting there, like he's in the quarterback. They have a quarterback coach. They have an offensive coordinator, and like you're in there just for like it had to be so awkward. I wish I could have been in there. I'd have stirred it up. Uh, the Jets right. pulling out all the stops to uh to save yeah, to the, the sinking ship that is Zach Wilson. And then Jordan Palmer's the other one. And my brother coached him in high school. We coached Carson Palmer since he was like 10. I remember uh, teaching him a three-step drop and having to pick his feet up and like physically place him. <laughs> and then he becomes a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, so my dad worked with those guys and now they're the gurus. Um, yeah, but my dad started all that. Like he saw everyone. Like Aaron Rodgers would come out after the year. Kirk Cousins we trained since he was a little kid. He's a great kid great guy um yeah it was it was fun while it lasted but you know i it's it's a glory like my dad was really good at it he's very positive very uh and he does technique which a lot of guys don't know um and uh but like dude we're working him out like these guys take all this credit like and jordan's a great quarterback coach but like dayball you know transformed josh right <laughs> like it wasn't the one month that you know, he worked with him out here. Uh, sure, he helped and did all that, but like, you know, the the real meat uh, of it is is you know the nine months you're with your coach, you know, your quarterback coach, and all that stuff. But, That's a really good point. And you're not to turn it all you know dark and gloomy, but I mean, how how is your your dad? I, I you mentioned he had dementia. Uh, yeah, I imagine that's got to be unbelievably difficult uh, as a son. I mean, I think a big, tough guy that you looked up to, you idolized your whole life. Um, God, what has that done to to you and your, your family, Rob? How are you dealing with that every day? Yeah, it's, it's been tough. Thanks for asking, Tyler. Uh, yeah, you nailed it. Like, you look at your dad. My dad's big guy. Like, I just looked at him as larger in life. And, um, and the, the ironic thing about it is, like, you coach not obviously not, he was a high school coach so we didn't have shit for money my mom didn't work but like you don't do it for the money you do it for the relationships right and like he's helped so many kids out he's helped so many people out like um incredibly like just like he's like a, he finds jobs for people you do all this he was just amazing right he's an amazing person and now he doesn't remember any of that which is crazy like you work your whole life um for memories and like helping people and giving back. And then now he, he doesn't know shit. And it, it's, it's almost like an ethics question. Like, I know my dad wouldn't want to be around for this, but it's like, what do you do? like, it's just, cause he's still healthy as a horse. He just like, he's just, his mind's gone. So if anyone that has that disease or dealing with it, like uh, family wise, it's awful. It, it really tears the family apart. Um, we've been pretty good with it. I mean, obviously we've had our troubles and, and stuff but um um yeah it's tough i i i sympathize with anyone that's going through that it's an awful disease man i'm so sorry that's heartbreaking um geez i mean i it probably gives you a perspective on life that i mean i i have not even come close to realizing here i think a lot of people yeah it puts it like <laughs> like i don't know like you everyone said oh you live in the moment now like i always tried to do that but like you never know. Like my, it really was, it was harder on my mom than anything just because she thought like once he retired, they're going to travel. And, and like, 
live out their golden years and you know and and do all this fun stuff and no work and all that stuff and and like it's completely changed like she had to go like he took care of everything now she has to take care of him and it's like you know just different dynamics I mean, you're so busy with your own family that you could you yeah. cherish those good times, right? I mean, flying from uh, LA to yes. Atlanta for volleyball tournaments and right, you know, visiting college right. is all of that. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, I love it, and it goes fast. Tyler. Like, how old are your kids? Oh my god, one and a half and three and a half, and I, I hate how fast it's going it right goes now. It's so fast. I have a daughter, Tyler. This is the coolest thing ever. Since she was like six or seven, she hated birthdays because she knew how good she had it. Like she didn't want to get older. And to this oh. day, like she's uh, 15 now, she's still like, she's so fired up to get her driver's license, but she doesn't want to have a, like, she's still doesn't want to get older. <laughs> Love that. <sighs> she gets it. I can remember she my mom crying, way. you know, dropping me off for college. And I didn't really realize it then what that meant. But now, now I do. And they're only, you know, this young. So it's, yeah, it's, you've awesome, got some emotional moments there. <laughs> Like you're, yeah. Like when they're like two and one, we don't really do like, yeah, we like whatever. They're just sleeping and eating. But once they get to like play age, that's when the dads, that's when we kick in. And plus you didn't even have to worry about cocoa melon back then. Right. You didn't have this uh, crack on you. I know Jesse, you've you got your, you're that's stuck with that melon. stuff too. That's That's great. That you don't know what that is. <laughs> hey, cocoa melon got us through COVID. Right. Ty unfortunately it was more more charlie's color form city silly city for uh ella so that was yeah, thankfully we sidestepped you guys were we, we, we got dora the explorer yeah. over here oh yeah but i mean we, i'm in new york state we were we were locked down for a while uh but you're i think or you're in orange county so maybe it was kind of like a different thing yes. than yeah. Dude, it was like yeah la was probably like new york right but orange county it's <laughs> like we yeah, we rebelled down here. I don't think I wore a mask or quarantined at all. Like, yeah, I I kind of thought it was bullshit from day one, but I don't know. Yeah, fresh air is a good thing. I think uh, we're seeing that here. It's finally getting nice out and, you know, kind of helps colds in general. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Ty, Ty we, we covered all of Rob's career in early, I guess, maybe one. I know it's going long, Rob, but. Like at USC, I mean, it's just, you know, like to play in the Coliseum, it's almost like a, like a professional, like position. You had a lot of success there and, you know, LA was, had a lot of craziness in the nineties, but what, what was that like? I mean, it was amazing. Like SC, the Coliseum to this day is my favorite place to play. It's like you said, it's uh, the history there. It's awesome. It's huge. The tunnel is amazing. I don't know if you've been there, but like it, it's on a curve so you don't really see the fans and then it, it's a huge tunnel and it opens up into the you know 100,000 it's amazing um the Pac-10 back then was really hard too um like Washington was number one um uh Walsh was at Stanford um Arizona had Desert Storm I don't know if you remember that with Brewski and all them Washington State like they, it was a tough conference so it was good we beat each other up but um we went to three bowls and yeah, I left SC with, I think every record, but um, they've all been broken obviously, but um, yeah, it was a great time. I loved it. Um, loved, loved SC. And yeah, we had the riots my first year there. They burnt half the city down, but other than that, it was great. 
So right, you would have been there for that. Right, oh yeah, nineties. Yeah. Dude, you know what got killed was Payless shoe stores back then. Like that's they looted the crap out of that store. Shoe boxes everywhere. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yes. USC is right in the middle of LA. It's yeah. It's you get all uh, all different types. But yeah, the Coliseum oh. is amazing. Yeah, it was the funny thing is like never one problem there. Like obviously we'd be. You know, had too many to drink, wandering around at two or three in the morning, and we'd hear drive-by shootings almost every day. We had a player get shot on our practice field from a stray drive-by, but like, what? Yeah, no, God, yeah. We had one player get shot before our opening game. He was getting his hair cut, and they assassinated the girl um, cutting his hair. I guess she stole money from a drug dealer, or whatever. And a bullet, they all ran, and a bullet ricocheted and went through his leg. So we had two guys shot while I was there. Yeah, UCLA <laughs> is in Bel Air, and yeah, USC. Yes. Yeah. We used to make fun of that. Like, UCLA got all the pretty boys, and SC yep. just got the guys that wanted to play football. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, that was good stories here. <laughs> Rob, we, we were like went right past the – the music city miracle game. And I, this thought just popped in my head. I think you told me back when we did that, that Q and a couple years ago, was, wasn't there a, a fight in the locker room? Like oh, Bruce God, yeah. and Holacek, Bruce like, and Holacek. yeah, they were going to add it. Like it was crazy. And they were playing great. <laughs> it was like, we were sucking. Um, we were down to like, I think Ethan Albright, our long snapper was warm enough to go in at O line because we had so many injuries. Um, but our defense was going at it at halftime. I was just like, fuck, this is embarrassing. We got to start playing. And um, they were going at it. And we were just trying to, you know, figure stuff out that would work. Um, but, yeah, it was it was chaos. And then, dude, Butler almost went after Bud Adams. Or he did go after Bud Adams in the tunnel. It was it was chaos. Really? But after the game? Went, yeah, I guess Bud. Bud was known, I guess he wasn't a very nice guy. I don't know if you guys have heard stories about him, the old owner there, but I guess he said something to Butler, you know, like rubbing it in. And Butler <laughs> didn't take that very well. I bet you Butler could get a lot of oh. a lot of mass behind that punch if he really wanted to. John Candy, man, he would yeah. He was big boy. Yeah. Was the yeah, we'd all helped him out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but- Bud gave the finger, if you guys remember, to Ralph Wilson. Oh, is that what it was? I do that, remember it, it was, that. It, that was 2009, and that and that was the and afterwards, Dick Durant got fired, and some people like it was just how I remember. That's but yeah, right. He, that's right. A decade later. Yeah, he I gave the finger about to that. them. Was that um, the double bird? Yeah, I feel like he'd given the bird a lot of times. That that's that right. <laughs> but Bruce and Holichuk are like throwing throwing punches. Like, did it get to that point? I didn't see it. Uh, there was, I know they're like couple tables got thrown because they we had like a uh they'd split the o and the d up and yeah. they just said i said what the fuck's going on over there and they're like oh hall check and bruce are going at it because hall check would get pissed saying bruce was just rushing the passer and when you just rush the passer that the line when they run the ball the lineman can get up on the backers easier so I think that's what it was about. But Bruce had, I think, three sacks in the game. Like, Bruce played awesome. Holacek played awesome. They did their job. So, But the, the funny thing is, then you guys turned it on. Second half, yeah. you had to come back. Yeah, we and... turned it on. Yeah, yeah, thank God. McNair didn't play very well. Um, we didn't turn the ball over, which that's 
the, oh, actually, we did the fumble. And then, oh, that was a safety. Oh, fumbled the first series. So John Fina was trying to play. We had a couple first downs. We had our first third down. I was about to throw a post. And I guess John didn't get, he didn't get out of his stance, really. Um, his knee was bugging him. And and uh, the freak, Javon Curse ran right around him. I think it was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. All my buddies were like, Rob, you're on the cover. I'm like, I'm not on the cover. That's Javon Curse. <laughs> like, he's yeah, hitting you, you, me. As like, your head is, like, craned back. <laughs> I'm not the one on the cover, dude. I'm just the one getting hit. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if you cover a kick, Rob Johnson yeah. is a legend with a statue belt with a shoe off somewhere. <laughs> yeah, if, we, if we had closed the deal. Now that I think about it, we had so many guys hurt on the O-line. That was a battle. Like, we were pretty beat yeah. up. Um, but they, they did fine. They came out of it. So, yeah, we'd have rallied. It's what drugs are for. That's right. Numb it up and worry about it in the off season. Come on. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, but Dude, it's this... true. <laughs> exactly. Right. We, we, we laugh it away as like severe long-term damage has been done to everyone's bodies. We might as well, might as well laugh about it. Yeah. Oh, well, we're not. Yeah. We're not yoga. Right that's it. Yeah. Hot yoga. yoga. There you go. Yeah. That'll fix it. Yep. This was uh, phenomenal, Rob. Holy shit. Thank, awesome. thank you so much, man. Anytime, uh, an hour and a half of your time like this, we, we can't thank you oh, enough. Oh, is it that much? Damn. <laughs> yeah, 90 minutes. Awesome. Thanks well, I'll so much. Some good shit out of it or whatever. Heck yeah. You, you, any day, anytime you want to just come back on and, and BS, BS about anything you want, always welcome, of course. Or maybe during the season or whatever, or whenever. If you need to fill some time or whatever, let me know. Let's get Doug Flutie on here with Rob. We'll get, we'll get, yes! you guys. that's what we need to do. You guys can have your, have it out. We'll moderate it. <laughs> would you Fox be in for that, Rob? Rob, would, would you be down care. for that if we could make that happen? Yeah, I don't care. I'd be surprised if he'd do that, but I, yeah, I have no problem. <laughs> well, I know he went on with uh, another podcast out there, right? Perino and Talbot. Uh, shout. So, hey, maybe we get, we get Perino on the horn and, Arrange this. Let's make it I never happen. Had a Honestly, I never had a problem with him. I can get along with anyone. Um, I didn't agree with some of the stuff he did, but like, like I mean, that was so long ago. I hope he's doing. You know, it'll be know. like a good, uh, like the always sunny high school reunion episode or something. We'll bring everybody back, and we'll just all fight. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You get a couple of beers, or I, I'm a whiskey guy. That that'll get it going. I like it. I like. Hey, you know what? I always say alcohol. If it's going to bring the truth out, right? It might it might lead to destruction, but you're you're gonna you're gonna get honesty from whoever. Yeah, I don't need it, but yeah, yes, it will bring the truth out. Yeah, even more, hey, I might share some stuff I shouldn't. <laughs> no, that's what we want. That's what we want. Yeah, I know everything. I want to give you guys stories. I mean, that's and they're all true, at least from my perspective. Hey, Rob, best to your family, everybody. Oh, thank you, Th- thank you so much. Thanks, guys, for showing up. I'll see you. Yeah, thanks. See so you, man. Thank you, bud.